her every day, living for messy action. This is the Lifestyle Leadership Podcast for women who want to be the best version of themselves while making an impact. And who are willing to take messy and perfect action to get there. I'm Jordan. And I'm Dr. Tay. And we are here to guide and empower you to lead yourself every day. Let's dive into today's episode. Okay, guys, we are back with another episode. This week, we have something fun and different for you guys, and we are excited for you to hear it. We're going to talk about 10 things you can do right now today to elevate your mood. Now, I want to add a disclaimer here that this is not intending to not allow you to feel the feels and process your emotions, but when you have those days and you're like in a funk you're repeatedly thinking about something a little toxic or negative and you're just in that mood and you're like, this can't be the me that I give out today. I've got to do and be X, Y, and Z. I don't want to sit here. What can I do? You know, booking a therapy appointment. Yes, that's far away. That costs money. We're talking about things right now that you can do to elevate your mood. Yeah. So these are like mood boosters. And just like Jordan said, I think it's so important. Feel your feelings. And so I think at one of them, because we were just brainstorming before we hit record, we are going to talk about is this toxic positivity. And so that is something just to be aware of as you head into doing these. Like, are you doing these as a way to avoid the negative emotion? That's where we start to get into this realm of toxic positivity. And what toxic positivity is, is where you're suppressing your emotions and trying to insert positivity to make yourself feel better. So just be aware of that. But after a lot of times, some of these will help you to process the emotions. And then other pieces of this, it's like maybe after you've sat with the emotion a little bit, you're like, okay, I got a to-do list or I got to go to work or I got to take care of my kids. What can I do to shift my mood? Yeah, exactly. So we're going to go ahead and get started. And we want to hear from you which ones you've tried throughout the week to help you be your best self. Just as a reminder, anything shared on our episodes are not clinical advice. Please talk to a qualified mental health professional if you are needing more support. So number one, singing. Okay. <laughs> So this one, we, okay, this is what inspired this episode. So Jordan and I kind of, it's what inspired this episode. Long story short, I just posted a reel that really quickly got tons and tons of views. And it was about screaming in your car and giving yourself permission to do that if you need it, which we'll talk about later. But then she said she loves to sing. And so tell us real quick before I describe the science that I recently discovered behind it, yeah. but tell us your routine. So one of the books that I'm reading talks about feeding your inner child. And I think that saying that we can kind of, if you think about it, you can kind of understand, you know, the world is magical, right? And so one way that I do that every day is I try and put my AirPods in and not just listen to music, but sing. I do this mostly when I do like a quick pickup of dishes and stuff before I go get the kids. And then on the way to get the kids, I used to listen to podcasts. But now I like put on some Kelly Clarkson or like old school girl power, Destiny's Child, you know, and I sing my heart out and I kid you not, it elevates my mood and singing actually has been proven to be healing. And Taylor has a little bit of science behind that. Okay, real quick before we go there, I know what inner child is, but what do you mean that it's magical? Just explain that real quick. I guess. Okay. Yeah. So when I hear someone say like, feed your inner child daily. I think about my children and the way that they just are like so interested in the way the 
rain falls on the cars and the questions yeah. that they ask and how they just are carefree and kind of like dance like nobody's watching almost. Mm -hmm. If someone were to look into my house and be like, is that girl singing into her mop? Yeah, they might think I'm crazy, but my kids don't think that. So I, I come at this from not a psychologist standpoint. When I see feed your inner child, that's what I think. What is it actually? So it's really interesting. I used to have some resistance around this, just the way that I was trained in the psychology world. I don't know. Something about it just seemed too abstract until I really yeah. wrapped my brain around it. And I realized like so much of my therapy right now, which at some point we can dive into in a different episode, but I'm talking about like the little girl inside of me and how she developed habits and routines and rituals and things that at the time she was doing that served her that still appear in my adult life, but that don't serve me now. So for example, I learned how to be a helper. It really served me. And sometimes, I mean, it's still a great characteristic to have now, but sometimes it can actually end up sabotaging me. And so that that's kind of this concept of an inner child is looking at how your childhood shaped you, or at least this is how I wrap my brain around it. And it makes sense to me how your childhood shaped you and how that that is showing up right here, you know, in adulthood. But it is helpful to sometimes I find myself from it and be like, okay, what's the little girl inside of me, you sure. know? Doing. Almost like we've talked about before. Why do I think and believe this? Is it because she was like molded to think and believe this or do I act? So it's almost like two separate things. I think it was the Jay Shetty book that I read. He's like, you have a logical part of your brain. And then essentially you have a part of your brain that needs to be like kind of carefree and like not worried about the weight of the world. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, we have a part of our brain and when I say part of our brain, I don't mean like the actual, like if you're into like neuroanatomy, we're not talking about like specific like brain regions, but broadly speaking, you have the cerebral part of your brain, which is the more logical you're using words to describe your emotion, which I promise this is tying back to this yeah. today's episode, but you also then have this area of your brain that is more primitive and it develops sooner in your development. Like it develops sooner in child childhood than the, the cerebral brain does. And that is an area of your brain where you experience emotions, but words don't connect to it. And so it's really helpful to be able to tap into that and process emotions at a deeper level. And that's what singing kind of can do, yeah. right? It's not about what you're saying. It's not about Kelly Clarkson's lyrics, although you might resonate with those. It's more about you're allowing and releasing some of that energy where yeah. you can't really describe it and talk through it. So you're tapping that region. And I cannot confirm that this is a hundred percent true. So I'll give, I'll give that caveat, but someone, a friend of mine posted this meme on, or like a graphic on Instagram. And she's like, someone confirm if this is true, but it talked about one of the reasons that singing is cathartic. Yes. You know, like it has to do with like emotions and all of that and letting it out, but you actually end up exhaling more than you inhale. And if you think about it, when you talk, and sing, you're pushing all that air out and you spend less time inhaling. And while I can't 100% confirm it, I started to think about the science behind of it and how our body works. And we use breathing all the time to regulate our body. And um, 
I'm pretty sure that like that pattern of breathing out versus more than breathing in, it taps into your nervous system and physically regulates your nervous system. So all because of singing. Crazy. And again, some of these things, we're going to talk about more things on the list that that's the similar reasoning, not because they should make you feel better or you should switch to positive thinking, but that there's been science that's been proven that your body actually changes as a result. Okay. So number one, singing. The second one is movement, move your body, literally any type of movement. You could go jump on a trampoline with your kids. You could go for a walk. You could do isometrics movement. Yeah. Right. That's what it's called where you literally just like flex a muscle, like move your body. Yeah. However, I mean, and this kind of feeds into what's called behavioral activation, which is a type of therapy to address depression. And one of the things that, you know, behavioral activation is about is creating some activity level, doing the things you don't want to do. So when patients are in a really depressed state, it's really hard for them to move their body, but we help support them and scale up to that. But the physical movement, you know, falls under this umbrella of behavioral activation, meaning that behavior helps to activate you. And in this context, we're talking about it being a mood regulator, you know, it's helping to activate some of that, that more like the good flowing neurotransmitters and hormones and all of that. I'm Googling it because we're just totally honest here. It releases serotonin and endorphins when you actually say you serotonin. Yeah. 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 So it's super helpful. Again, it comes down to it's literally changing. These activities are changing the chemistry of your body. Yep. Okay. So number three would be sunlight. Even if it's not quote sunny outside, we know from sunburns that the sun is still there. You can still absorb vitamin D. So get sunlight, sit next to a window, go outside for a walk, sit in a chair outside, any sunlight. This is another thing when we root back to treating kind of mental health, we know that there is actually evidence behind in the winter time sitting in front of, I'm going to draw a blank what it's called, but it's a special like photo light and it's for seasonal affective disorder. And they've actually shown that getting that light, which is, it mimics the sun is what it does, can actually shift again, the neurochemistry, which is so cool to think about. And if you really want to get optimized here, morning light and evening light have the best light of the spectrum that helps heal your body. And it's not like the UV rays that give you a sunburn. I believe it has a higher amount of red light. Don't quote me on that. So morning and evening walks are extremely beneficial for the mental state. Oh, so interesting. The next one is the five second rule. You are going to Literally count down five, four, three, two, one. This is what I do sometimes when I get out of bed in the morning and I want to get up early, count down and get to it, whatever it is. This one, I don't know exactly, but counting down, like I don't know the neural pathways and areas of the brain that it's activating, but there is something that our body responds to when you count down and you hit that one that your body just naturally wants to go a little bit more. And so we're using that to create some momentum. And again, depending what you're jumping into, it could be a mood booster. I guess this one, now that I'm thinking about it, is a little less specific, the mood booster itself, but it's helping you to create productivity, activity, which by default may boost your mood, but it can be a still a really helpful strategy. 
And if you're not sure what comes next after the five, four, three, two, one, use this as a five, four, three, two, one grounding exercise where you acknowledge five things around you, four things you can touch, three things you can hear, two things you can smell, one thing you can taste. My sister sent this to me like in the middle of dinner time when you're, you know, kids are screaming, stove is overflowing with pasta water and you're just about to lose it. And I literally have started to like, I can feel my feet on the ground. I can smell the burning noodles, you know? So maybe you could take that approach on the five, four, three, two, one countdown as well. Yeah. And just to clarify the five things around you, what she means is the five things you can see. So that's the sense there. Don't get tripped up on like what the order is. Like, what am I doing five of? What am I doing four of? You're basically hitting all five of the senses and it, it literally is a, a proven grounding technique to again, regulate yourself. So it also can be a great strategy if you're feeling really anxious as well. All right. Next on the list is to fuel your body. There's so many things I feel like I would put into this category, like supplements and stuff like that, but we really wanted to make this like you can get everything you need in the environment that you're in right now. So go into your kitchen and find the best thing that you can. Maybe it's two eggs. Maybe it's avocado toast. You know, something that you know is of the earth or as natural as possible that is going to fuel your body with healthy fats, healthy carbohydrates, and long-lasting energy. I mean, this is not one I'm the best at practicing. And a lot of times too, when I'm feeling sluggish, I go for ease, but put a little bit more effort into it. And you're basically trying to put sustenance in your body so that that can be broken down into energy. You don't want it to be straight carbs, but carbs are a quicker conversion to energy. So it is helpful to consume some carbs in that. So you get that like quick sugar spike and then you have something that is going to take longer to break down, like fats and proteins that are going to help sustain your energy. I'm looking at a list right now and it says fatty fish, dark chocolate, fermented foods, which would be like sauerkraut. If you have that hanging around your house, props to you. I do not. Bananas, oats, berries, nuts and seeds, coffee. So there you go. You probably have bananas or oats or berries in your kitchen or wherever you are. And coffee and caffeine can be one of these things that like it can give you kind of that jolt, that kickstart if you're really, you know, struggling and make sure that it is not replacing actually fueling your body appropriately. Because what we know is high levels of caffeine, particularly in the absence of food, it's creating a lot of energy, but then that energy, the way our brain sometimes interprets it is more of that anxious feeling, that on edge feeling. So if you're noticing you're really jittery or anxious from having caffeine, that's just an indicator to cut back a little bit. I'm not going to say don't do it. You can always work with a therapist if you're noticing it's really affecting you and affecting your mental health, but cutting back the quantity or fueling your body is a good way to counteract that. And also on the topic of coffee, I just had to add this because I think it's so cool. I'm reading that 72% of people in both caffeinated and decaffeinated coffee significantly improved their mood. And it's because of not only coffee in itself containing other compounds that influence mood, but it's kind of like the placebo effect. I had to go caffeine free for a while when I was nursing and like even the smell 
of and like the warmth in my hands like still made me so happy so to taylor's point if you struggle with you know the effects of caffeine try decaf so many tangents here i love it what an interesting episode all right the next one is water Obviously, water helps you to become more hydrated. And a lot of times we can feel hunger and also fatigue related to being dehydrated. And so often actually starting with water ahead of like healthy snack can be really, really productive. But one of the things to keep in mind is when you are sufficiently hydrated, you're having things like faster decision making. And we actually see improved performance on different tests as well. Like this is something that has been researched. And so it helps your brain function more optimally. And so when you think about it at the emotion level, like if your brain is literally you know, functionally more optimally, you're going to have more capabilities and more capacities to emotionally regulate. Yeah. What I'm reading in this book is that there are, they use the words like happy centers, sad centers, decision maker centers, so that I don't have to read all of the, <laughs> pronounce all of the different areas of the brain, right? But there are things that you can do to literally shrink one center or really help promote the happy center. And the reason I mentioned that is because Sometimes we are quite literally in our feels like I've had weeks where I'm just like in my feels and I'm like, there's not really one specific thing that's pointing out to me of like why I feel this way. We also talked on an episode a few weeks ago about women's cycles and the different moods and um, periods we go through during our cycles. So I guess the point here is that you may be experiencing a, a need for a mood boost and not even understand why you're continuously having that challenge. And it could just be the rhythm of our bodies, you know, and that we need to flex that muscle of making those better decisions and better thoughts and increased productivity through kind of like these biohacking. This list is kind of like biohacking. Have you ever heard that term? But I guess I've never thought about it in this way necessarily. Yeah essentially like things that make your brain and body change so that you can be x so they call it do-it-yourself biology yes i'm on google <laughs> no, i love this it's like a very it's like a very real-time episode it upgrading is. your brain big... and your body yeah i actually saw something the other day which i thought was such a helpful thing is one of the things if you don't know everything like google is such an amazing resource and you do have to be a little weary to make sure you're like finding accurate information not everything on the internet is accurate but when you're not exactly sure and we have some basis knowledge here but as the conversation organically shifts we're like oh what about this so google make google your friend yeah, for sure. And a little tip about water is sometimes pure water. Well, this wouldn't be pure. So water that has been um, filtered, water that has been filtered, has all the minerals filtered out of it. So something that can help elevate energy and mood is adding a little crack of salt in your water. Adding minerals back into your water helps really hydrate your body, which again, to Taylor's point, will help you with decision making, energy, all that good stuff. Next one. Okay, let it out. Okay, so this is one I feel really, really passionate about. Like if you go scroll my social media, you will see like actually pinned to the top 
of my Instagram is a post about crying and how we need to embrace crying and like reprogram the way we think about crying, that it's not a weakness. It's actually a way to effectively process emotions. And again, I mentioned at the start of this episode, I posted the most random reel ever about screaming in your car. And so this is that idea of letting it out. Sometimes in society, we we end up having to like really rein things in and like hold things back, you know, and we can't let out our true emotions. And there's always a time and place for it, but making sure you create that safe space. I was actually talking to a friend about this. You know, she had made a decision and then was talking about like in that context of the decision, like she couldn't let her emotions out. And I was like, just make sure you're doing it in your safe place. Maybe that's your home. Maybe that's your car. One of my favorite places to tell moms in particular is go into the shower, right? And just like literally cry, let your tears roll down your face, like with the water. And sometimes it it feels a little less shameful there because it's like, your tears in the shower water are all blending together. You want to know something really cool and scientific about tears, you guys? When they've studied tears, they actually contain levels of cortisol and adrenaline. So one of the reasons you feel so, and I'm saying good as in kind of like you've let it out after a good cry is because you have quite literally cried some stress out of your body. That's so cool. So and this cool. is, I mean, I become so dorky. Like I love science. I love research. If you're not familiar with the research world, what they would have done is they literally somehow collected people's tears and then they do like an analysis on it. Like they, and they probably take their little pipette, which is how you suck things up and put it on slides. And then they run like a, a full analysis on it. And that is wow. just like so cool to think about. If they need any additional tears, they should come to my house between the hours of 7 and 8 a.m. <laughs> okay, so th- again, this isn't just crying, though. Taylor posted a reel about screaming. And I also think that this can go back to number one, singing, because I feel like when I sing really loudly at Beyonce, when I have my AirPods in, I am like letting something out. It's a release. Absolutely. Sometimes too, in this new society, Jordan, actually, I don't think shared this on the podcast, but shared it with me is that we're working from home a lot and we're literally not talking to people. And so that's the other thing is you could even just talk it out in like hearing your own voice, like that can be regulating and not having to keep it all in and being able to like release it into the universe, into the space, you know, release that energy that can be really, really effective as well. It's funny when my husband comes home extra late, he's been extra late right now. He has a big project he's working on. I find myself getting into bed and I'm like, because I've literally been like with toddlers and babies either all day or at least from like 3.30 or 4 p.m. through like dinner and stuff. And my comments have been like, yeah, that's really cool. What did you do? You know, and so it's almost like I shift into an adult release when he comes home and he looks at me and he's like, (laughs) well, his job too, he probably talks all day long. Exactly. He gets into bed. He's like, I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. It's so funny. I feel like that's probably, I don't really have anyone to talk to other than I literally talk out loud to my dog. And I know that probably sounds crazy, but 
it's important I feel like I to actually speak and I also think this is probably a reason I love Instagram stories so yeah. much just getting on there and sharing just being able to talk it out all right so number eight is write it out so we let it out with physical words or screams you know but write it out so this could mean journaling maybe this means a to-do list journaling about your future state journaling about what's causing you stress or anxiety just write it out on paper yeah and sometimes what's really helpful is not to structure it just go in and be like how am i feeling right now and start writing you will be shocked what comes to the surface so actually pen to paper is the most effective way to do this if that's really not an option you can type it out but it it actually activates different parts of your brain and i'm pretty sure that those parts with writing physically are connected more closely to the emotion areas and so you're able to access your emotions a little bit different in that way and you're not getting the stimulation from the technology itself i would recommend a free write or the other thing i find a lot is people are holding so much in their brain and it creates a lot of stress and so a to-do list and this could be literally anything and everything that you're thinking of and you're having to constantly remember and that requires a lot of working memory so when we have a running to-do list in our brain we're constantly having to update it which means you're tapping into your working memory and that's going to exhaust you more it's also going to slow you down and so when you can release it and then basically by writing your to-do list you're giving yourself permission not to have to rehearse it it can really shift your mood because that creates a lot of stress and then you don't have that burden. I literally, when we started talking about this typed in is typing or writing better for emotional release. And then you started talking about it. And what's crazy there is I can type faster and my creativity is better sparked. So if I'm trying to type like an Instagram caption or something, I'll always type it or blog post. But when I'm trying to like have that emotional connection, I always write it. So that's another interesting thing. Yeah. Okay. Number nine, two hour phone jail. I don't have any stats around this, but we all know that social media and the constant overstimulation that our phones and devices gives us can lead to decreased mood. Oh, absolutely. I mean, in so many different ways, like the physical technology changes our brain chemistry, the blue light changes our brain chemistry, and then you're likely going into comparison or really you start questioning things, you feel more stress, all of that. I'm not really good at a phone jail, but I, I try to when I'm really feeling overwhelmed. And the other thing is the way my life is set up, I work on my computer a lot but I also have iMessage on my computer. And I love that it's convenient, but when I am really in a mood, I even have to put do not disturb on my computer, even if I'm like physically still working because I need to be tuning out those incoming stimuluses. Turning off my email, that's another one that I do as well because it's overwhelming. Oh, I just learned this fun fact. Who knows, it might be old news by the time this airs, but Apple just released an update that you now can mark your text messages, your iMessages as oh, unread. Oh my gosh, that is like, why <laughs> haven't they had that? Do you guys want to know how many text messages I have on my phone? 170 unread text messages. 
She's not the best at responding sometimes. <laughs> no, I am the worst at responding. This is a game changer. It is a game changer. I was really excited to see that. And yeah, like so needed. And like their their temporary solution of putting people, like pinning them to the top. I hated that feature. Yeah. Like I still used it, but I hated that feature. So now you can look at your text messages, mark them as unread, and tell yourself, I'm going to respond later and put your phone in a phone jail. Way to go, Apple. All right. And coming in with number 10, we have connection. And so this is one that Taylor and I, interestingly, kind of went back and forth on. So I said, it is proven that the, and I'm air quoting, happy centers of your brain increase when you are serving others and pouring into others. And that can look like so many different things. Now, as I'm saying this out loud, in the heat of making dinner as a mom, I am serving my family, but that's so embedded into my routine. So maybe something here would be like, reaching out to like yesterday I called my sister on a walk and I never get to talk to her I wanted to check in and see like how her day was that would be an emotional connection the intent of this exercise is not to override your feelings and immediately replace them with positivity but again it's just that bio hacking that science that when we serve and connect with other people we are boosting our mood another area that we could do this is physical connection Taylor do you want to talk about that yeah. Yeah. Cause I just real quick to comment on this. I did question it because initially Jordan was like, what about messaging five people and sharing something positive? And I was like, but is this toxic positivity? I'm always really skeptical of that, but it, it makes sense. And here's the thing we've given you nine other ideas. So if you're not in the mood to go text someone and share something, then don't do this one. Right. And like I said, at the, the beginning of this, just be aware. Are you using any of these strategies to suppress your emotion? The other thing, then when we started talking about connection, I was like, well, what about hugging someone? We know again, that changes the chemistry in your body and that connection actually becomes really, really important or petting a pet. That's another one that helps to, again, kind of regulate you, slow you down. The other thing I feel like, especially with petting a pet, helps you be really in the moment and focused on what you're doing helps you be really in the moment and focused on what you're doing. Yeah, I've read that the average person needs like eight forms of physical compressed touch a day. And so I try and give my kiddos hugs as often as possible. I love that. Yeah, our bodies literally release oxytocin when we hug someone. It's called the cuddle hormone in a lot of research, like for sure. And it's actually a feel-good hormone. So that physical affection, it can bring feelings of feeling more connected, feeling more bonded, feeling more trust. It's like the warm fuzzies. But again, that's shifting at a neurochemical level in your body. So it is going to have an impact on your mood because ultimately this is super abstract to think about, but all your moods and your feelings are, are they are different balances of neurotransmitters and hormones in your body. That's all they simply are, which sounds insane, right? It's like, 
We spend so much of our life feeling and yet it's just literally chemicals that are creating these feelings. And yet what's so fascinating to think about is these balances of chemicals and neurotransmitters and all of that that create feelings. That is the human experience. Like that is unique to humans. Mammals can have fight or flight, for example, but these other kind of more sophisticated emotions, it's because what happens interestingly, is this more primitive area of our brain where fight or flight exists, where our emotions are stored. It's able to connect to the cerebral cortex that then we're able to express and communicate and talk about and describe what those feelings are inside of our body. So cool. You may think it's weird unless you're like just geeked out like Taylor and I are about the brain, which is cool because she comes at this from like, this is what she's learned and studied. Whereas I'm just like reading all of these books now because I'm obsessed with, I guess, biohacking my way to a healthy life. So we hope that you guys enjoyed this and found it helpful. And of course, the messy action is going to be pick three of these to cling to and to incorporate into your routines when you feel like you need to, you've processed your emotions or you've decided I'm going to process them at a different time and you're, you're trying to elevate that mood. So I would love, we always talk about if you enjoyed this episode to share it because one of the things it does by you sharing this episode, it helps to reach more people. And one of our goals of this podcast is to have impact on women and helping women to view themselves as leaders and step into that leadership position. But we talk about all things related to leadership. We talk about you being a human as well, because at your core, that's what you are, but it helps to be able to serve other people. And that's the impact that we hope to make through this podcast. So what I'm going to encourage you is like share a fact from this episode. Maybe that really surprised you or you really enjoyed or one of the tips and strategies and tag us at leadher.com every day. Yes. I will say that I made a huge life decision this week that y'all will hear about later, but I made it after seeing a Facebook post that someone posted. It wasn't her words. She didn't write what I saw, but she shared it. So you genuinely never know, like the impact of expanding the reach of a message can have on other people. So please share. We're so excited that y'all love this and we want so many other people to benefit from it as well. All right. Bye y'all. See you next time. We really hope you enjoyed today's episode. We love when you share your imperfect but impactful progress with us on social media. We've linked our Instagram leadher.everyday in the show notes so you can tag us. Make sure you don't miss the next episode. Hit subscribe to stay up to date. See you next time.